Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Filmed over two nights, this remarkable documentary captures the electricity and the dynamism and the talent of the amazing Aretha Franklin. Uh, the film was put together, filmed back, back actually back in 1972 uh, under the direction of Sidney Pollack. It has a um, remarkable backstory from then to today and we are so lucky and fortunate to have with us today the producer of Amazing Grace and that would be Alan Elliott. Alan, welcome to film school. I'm glad to be back at film school. <laughs> I went there once, and I'm glad to be back again. Well, can, well, thank you, thank you so much for coming back. I, it's uh, it, you know, tell this. Uh, I I think I've just sort of sketched the very bare outlines of this remarkable documentary. Uh, feel free to fill in uh, the blank spots here. I'll just say again, the, this was filmed in at the New Bethel Baptist Church in Watts in 1972. What else can you, what would you like to tell us beyond that? That's about it. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I believe it's uh, uh, the most important document of, of popular music ever filmed. Um, how's that for a starter? That is a great uh, starter. <laughs> and and I, I believe it in my heart. I mean, it's true. Um, it, it is a, a very important miracle that the film exists. It, it may be a miracle, but it's not an accident. You know, uh, I've been thrilled to be the steward uh, for whatever divine providence that got me here uh, to help uh, get it to the place where it is right now. When you say it's it's one of the greatest documentary um, uh, in that regard, in that genre of film, um, what, what distinguishes it in your mind? What distinguishes that? You know, the fact that Unlike any other documentary I've ever seen, and I've watched a lot of them, there's no pretense. This is completely what it's supposed to be. You're watching. A friend of mine, uh, uh, one of my co-producers, uh, Joe Boyd, um, said, who was there uh, at the filming, he's the fellow that Sidney Pollack is talking to at the beginning of the movie. Oh, right. He, right. Said, he said Mick Jagger was the only person that knew where the cameras were. And uh, it's a funny line, but it's also true. Everybody else is doing their work. <laughs> and there's a duality to it, which is that Aretha is serving two masters. Aretha is uh, obviously uh, a woman born uh, and raised in, in the gospel tradition and, and in the church. So she's there respectfully as a worship service and to make sure that goes very well. The other thing Aretha Franklin is there to do is to make a record, and she's uh, practicing at the highest craftsmanship level of anyone in the world at that point. And so she's serving the two masters of the film uh, uh, that she has to make, also um, uh, being in a worship service. Yeah. And, and there's no pretense to it. This yeah. is that. Um, she doesn't stop and do an interview. There's no talking heads. There's no context. It's a fun story in terms of film school. Um, at a certain point, um, 
uh, I thought uh, Michelle Gondry was going to work with the movie. He ended up not having enough time, so he asked me to consider working with uh, his editor, a fellow named Jeff Buchanan, who also works uh, as an editor for Spike Jones. And uh, uh, at a certain point, Spike called me and said, we were about halfway through editing, and Spike said, I need to have Jeff back for a week because I'm doing a Kanye West video. And I said, no, you can't have him. And then he said, well, I really need him. I said, okay, I'll give him to you on a trade. And the trade will be that you have to go watch my movie and give me notes. And, and at that point, we had no context whatsoever, no cards, no nothing about what was going on in the film. And Spike watched the movie, and, and then he said to me afterwards, I didn't know Sidney Pollack um, had discovered Aretha Franklin. And so that informed the fact that we should put some cards at the top of the movie to say that Aretha Franklin was one of the largest uh, selling recording artists in the world at that point and, and give that a little bit of context. But other than that, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, uh, you know, in, I've, I've only made one movie and this is it. And I wanted to make sure that, I was being uh, able to sort of uh, identify and be true to the form of music documentaries, but also at the same time give something that nobody's ever seen before, and I feel we've done that. It's, let me just uh, chime in on some of the things that you said about the film. Um, I went to see it at a screening, which is often the case, and I remember I was sitting about three or four rows back, and just as the film started... I, I realized I had to sit in the front row because I wanted that kind of enveloping experience. I wanted literally to see nothing but Aretha on screen and hear her voice. And that's sort of what, that's not that sort of that is what comes across in this film. She comes across in, in sort of in the way that she's quote unquote performing, very deferential, very respectful. There, there is, there's no, uh, um, unneeded flourish in her performance it comes from the heart it comes from her soul and we're seeing Aretha literally at the top of her game I don't know that in 1972 and uh, and after that she was ever oh, she's a fantastic talent and an amazing voice but I don't, I don't recall ever seeing her in anything that approached this level of commitment in terms of what she was doing is yeah. That, is that fair? Yeah. Is that fair statement? It, it absolutely is. It's just, um, you know, I think that gets back to the, the first fundamental, which is her having to go and, and make this recording slash movie and at the same time uh, be uh, involved in the church. And that, that twofer really sends it into a place where she is that focused. And, um, and also the community of people around her. Yeah. You know, from that choir and that band yeah. to her record producers, uh, you know, James Cleveland. She is she is really, you know, surrounded by people at the absolute top of their profession, which allows her to go to another level also. Yes, and thank you for mentioning James Cleveland, who um, who apparently early in her career they they've known each other for an awfully long time. That choir was amazing. The choir is is a character onto itself in the film. The the choir feels uh, like I want I really wanted to get to know 
you know, I mean, I felt like they pulled me into her performance in a way because of that back and forth, that, that call and response that you get in that situation. It's beautiful. It's just a beautiful part yes. of the film. Oh, it's, uh, you know, the uh, everything. We had a screening last night at the original church with all the surviving choir members, and um, there was a certain meta quality to watching the choir members watch themselves in the same building from 47 years ago. But they're all characters. The building is a character. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sidney Pollack is a character in there. He's running around trying to get, the, you know, the, the cameramen are, are characters. Every, every little piece. And that's part of, the, you know, when we, we, when we saw what was available with the footage, uh, that became sort of the mandate. You know, there's a, uh, there's a worry when we started the footage because it's a small room, you're going to be locked in there for an hour and a half, and how do we give you a breath? And instead of going to what would be traditionally be the breath, which is you go and get a talking head and you get outside the building and somebody tells you what it means and why it was important or who these people were, we went farther in, and we found little slivers of things that put you into the room, like the woman who is sitting there, and um, you know she's got a tape recorder, and she's taping the show, yeah. and uh, she's clapping, and then we cut back to the choir, and then we cut back to her, and she recognizes the camera and when she recognizes the camera we see her and she sees us yes and <laughs> she has a laugh and now we're in the building and now we're a, you know now we're you know it, we're a congregant yeah. and um and it, it's an immersive thing that i'm every time i watch it i'm like well that was a that that was lucky i'm glad that all worked out because it, it is this immersive experience of being in that church that it's something that I haven't experienced before um, in watching, you know, a documentary or film, a music film like this. Yeah. Um, I want to remind our listeners that uh, I'm speaking with uh, Alan Elliott. He's the producer uh, of the film Amazing Grace, the documentary about uh, Aretha Franklin and her performance and also her recording session at the New Bethel Baptist Church in Watson, 1972, and how it's played out into this documentary film called Amazing Grace. Um, I'm a little hesitant to bring this up, but I'll, I'll ask you if you want to talk about it. Obviously, with the sure. fi film being filmed in 1972, and here we are in 2019, uh, 47 years later, do you want to talk about the journey the film took, or, or why? Sure. Okay. I mean, you know, it's... it's uh I say the movie is a miracle, but it's not an accident. Um, and it's taken its time to get where we are. Uh, you know, obviously it's very public things where Aretha, you know, did not want the movie to come out. And that at the time was very hurtful and perplexing because she said she loved the movie. But three and a half years ago, her niece, after um, we had thought we had made a deal with her, said to me, she's got pancreatic cancer, and she's had it for five years, and I don't think this is the movie she wants to uh, promote, because it really is a eulogy to her life while she's fighting for it, and I don't, you know, and so we, we worked together, Sabrina Owens, you know, who's our producing partner and, and the executive of the estate, and you know, I didn't start the movie to um, 
poke a finger in the eye of the queen of soul. Right. Uh, and so we worked together to figure out a way that she didn't have to live with that burden. And um, Aretha was always about moving forward and trying to find the next thing. And this was quite a look back on her life. And when you have the information that she's dying of pancreatic cancer, I understood that, you know, we would have to wait. It was not easy, but it was necessary. Well, that, that makes this film even more urgent, more, more, more relevant, more urgent, more, more compelling for, for people. It should. Uh, because it it is those things, um, and um, and it's the, it is the power of documentary to feel like you are there. It really feels like I was there in watching that film, and I, I kept thinking, I if I could have only been there. That's kind of what was going through my mind when when I was watching it. Was I why? <laughs> Why not me uh, being in that audience? Because I have been to um, services at uh, predominantly African-American churches, and there isn't anything quite like it. And then you throw in Aretha, Aretha Franklin on top of that. It's, yeah, it's so powerful. So powerful. Yeah, last night was one of the great, for me personally, it's obviously a long journey. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm very close to all of the existing choir members. And they asked me to sit with them last night and sing. And uh, so last night we were watching the movie and we were singing along. Wow. And, um, and uh, there's not going to be a better professional moment in my life <laughs> than that. It, it really was. I was in the choir. And as, you know, as I feel like every time I watch the movie, I go out, well, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in the choir. Last night I was really in the choir. Wow. Um, but I think everybody will really feel that, You're, you know, you have these extreme close-ups of the choir. Yes. Standing across the choir, you're there. Yeah. And, um, and you can hear it. And, you know, Jimmy Douglas was our sound mixer, you know, who at the time was 22 years old when he mixed the record in 1972. And now is... Jay-Z and Beyonce's uh, mixer, oh. he, he mixed the movie, and, and the movie is an immersive sound experience also. Yeah, and I can only imagine what that would have felt like to be in that choir. But there are shots of the choir, again, that sort of call and response, choir members coming out of the choir to stand next to Aretha during a performance, pe two people tearing up, people feeling the spirit. It goes back and forth. It is truly a, a church service as much as it is uh, a, a, a performance by Aretha Franklin. Her father is there. Clara Ward is there, her mentor. So many of the things that is, as, as I'm thinking about, so that I'm saying them to you, I can I can understand why Aretha Franklin would have felt the way she did about the film until she passed, and I, I can understand that even better with a greater degree of understanding. Yeah, it is yeah. it is amazing. Well, Alan, thank you again. The film is opening here in Los Angeles uh, n this coming Friday, April fifth, and be looking forward. It's also coming down here to Orange County at the West Park Five or uh, West Park Ten. So be on the lookout for it. Alan Elliott, producer of this incredible documentary, Amazing Grace, thank you so much for being a part of Film School today. My pleasure. Glad to be back at <laughs> glad to be back at film school. Good to be back. Thank well, you. Well, consider it a, your honorary degree from this particular film school, Alan. And, and exactly. <laughs> I can use one. <laughs>
Well, I can't wait for your next project and a continued success and 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 uh, in, in all that you do. Thank you, Alan, for being here today. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.